And then Invasion is sort of all darted around the West Coast. Katie Sanchez is in Arizona. Kate, Nicole, Ezekiel, 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 Azalea. Let's try that one again. Azalea is in LA. I thought you were going to say like Ezekiel at first. I was like, oh dear. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. We have finally reached the Women's National Championship. With me, I have my co-host and the much better podcaster, Jenny Hodge. How are you, Jenny? Well, hello. Thank you so much. (laughs) And tonight joining us, we have from the West Coast, Brenda Kramer. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty happy because the Lakers won last night. Didn't get much sleep, but doesn't matter. It was go Lakers. Joining us from the East, we have Amanda Natalie. How are you, Amanda? Nat- oh, Amanda Decker now. It's still officially Natalie, so it's fine. Um, I am doing pretty well back in school, so e- I think equally exhausted, um, but excited to be back in person with my students. That's awesome. How long have you been back in actual school? Uh, three weeks now. And how's it going? Um, it's, we still have a bunch of kids online, but we, it's nice to be back in a school building to have kids in person and not over zoom. Um, but it's, it'll be nice when we're back fully. So I'm looking forward to that hopefully next year. Sweet. And joining us from the South, we have Jen Woodley. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. Jenny, do you want to break down the bracket? And we're going to do the first round in this first podcast. Yes. So as many of you had seen that we posted last week was our mock national championship women's division national bracket. We had shown all of the 16 teams that had made it through and qualified for nationals. Um, And then today, as Justin said, we're going to be going through round one. So we'll be covering the first eight matches of the bracket. Um, now, before we start, I do want to give a special shout out to Shelby Grimness. Um, she was going to appear on tonight, but she's not able to be here. So gonna, she's going to appear on our future episodes, but she is with us. And we do have some comments and her kind of who she predicted would come out of round one of nationals. Um, and then another shout out, like I said, that we had mentioned that we're going to be getting some input from the biggest fan of women's dodgeball, Markel Stokes. Um, so we're going to make sure to have some of his comments that he's put in and he will feature on our next podcast episode. So I wanted to give you guys, give you listeners a bit of a a preview for next week before we dive into this one. Um, So to get started, I think it would be good to kind of go over how we had seeded the teams from each of the regions. So if we do the North first, we had seeded first was Invasion, then Aztecs, LFG and Power. And if people may be confused seeing this bracket, Yes, they are West Coast teams because there are so many West Coast teams and there unfortunately wasn't any North teams that we knew of. We decided to take more from the West Coast and make them North. So they're a Northwest region. Uh, then we have the South. So seeded first was Lone Star, then Poison, Outsiders, Harakiri. And then on the East Coast is Royale, Venom, Illusion, and then Frenzy. And finally on the West Coast, we have Finesse, Pride, Blackout, and Fembots. 
Um, so are we ready to get started with the first match? Let's do it. Okay. So for game one of our Nationals Women's Tournament, remember it's hypothetical, hypothetical. We have seeded one in the West, Finesse, versus seeded four in the South region, which is Harakiri. Um, now, before we start, we're going to go through the rosters and we're going to have our honorary region members kind of go through their team list. So what better way to start with a player from Finesse, Brenda? So take it away. All right. So for Finesse, the roster is Ashley Cook, Alyssa Pandolfi, Brenda Kramer, Brianna London, Crystal Briones, Karina Amesqua, and Paige Peterson. And then for Harakiri, we've got Cindy New. Uh, Karina Sims, Jillian Robertson, Mei-Ling Chung, Sarah Belander, and Chelsea Allard. So those of you listeners that had listened to the West Coast region coverage, uh, Tina Arambaru was listed on playing with Harakiri, but we had heard from her that she wasn't going to play with them at Nationals. She was going to play with Lone Star. So if people were missing her name, that's the reason why. Um, so let's get started with this game. So Jen, what's your kind of thoughts on this finesse versus Harakiri game? Uh, to be honest, like this is this is a fun one for me to watch because I love everyone playing this game at this moment. Um, finesse is hard to beat. That's a, that's a really tough team to play against, but uh, there is some coordination and there's some um, teamwork on the higher carry side that I really think would uh, be able to stand up in a way that other teams might not. Yeah. No, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that finesse is going to take this. Um, I think Harakiri is going to uh, put a couple of points on the board, but um, ultimately when you have arms like Ashley's and then, uh, well, I can't even name all of the arms. Cause so just like one to eight or one to seven, whatever, all that entire roster, that's a, uh, that's hard to beat. So um, I think they would put up a great fight, uh, make some great plays. But at the end of the day, Finesse takes it. And then what about you, Amanda? I don't have a ton to add. I unfortunately don't know that um, that South team as well as I would like. But um, I can't deny that I have Finesse going pretty far in this. And so um, I wouldn't expect to see them losing in the first round. Um, yeah, as Jen said, their team is stacked. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't get much better than that. So um, I would love to watch the game. And I'm sure, like Jen said, there would be some like tough matches where um, Harakari can like dig deep and, and take pull out the win. Um, but I think I definitely think Finesse would come out on top. And Justin? So I was thinking of, in a weird way, this is a good matchup for Finesse in the beginning, even though Harakari might be the best four seed. But it's a team that they're going to be comfortable playing with, playing against, because they played them a bunch in the West. Because Hurricane is actually the nine seed in the West, which put them in the four seed in the South. Uh, so they're going to know everything about them, and exact and know exactly how to play them. So they're not going to have any confusion of how to play the team. So I don't think that they'll overlook anybody. They'll know how to play them. So I think this is a really good map. I mean, like we all said, Finesse is one of the strongest teams, if not the strongest. Um, so I think this is a good matchup for them to start the, the tournament with. Definitely. And I think it's one thing to note too, is that, so even though we're saying that Harakiri was seated fourth in the South, um, if I bring up the West Coast 
Harry Carey was our ninth ranked team that's coming mm -hmm. in from the West Coast. Um, so it is, like you were saying, it's a good matchup in the sense that they know the players. But what are your thoughts, Brenda? I think, um, I obviously think that it's going to be a good match. Um, I think, like, you know, the West Coast teams, this is a, this Harakiri team is like a combination of women from other teams that have had some good experience on the West um, for a long time. Um, I think I mentioned this in uh, the West Coast podcast where we were deciding which team was going to go where that uh harakiri has a lot of really underrated catchers and um i think for for finesse it's just going to be <clears throat> about kind of just playing our game and keeping the game at our pace um and and just trying to hit our spots and not really you know, like throwing a catch is, is pretty normal in, in dodgeball, but just trying to limit uh, those mistakes, I think will really help us. But I think that uh, Harakiri again, can come through with some, some, some quality catches and some clutch uh, things that might, you know, get them a game or two. Um, but yeah, I would take finesse in this one. Yeah. I think we're kind of, um, all in agreement <laughs> to say that if you're looking at this bracket, uh, bracket and kind of how the rankings are that I like, I too personally think that finesse would take this match. Um, like kind of what Justin had alluded to and both you, both Justin and Brennan kind of alluded to actually is Harakiri is one of those teams that like you were saying that they are good catches. There's a lot of players on that team. Like if you, let's say, no matter how hard you throw, if you're going to throw at their gut, there's a possibility they're going to catch it. And unfortunately, like I do think that Finesse has the firepower and talent to not necessarily have to worry about that this much with this team, if I'm being honest. And I think we can all be honest here and agree with that statement. Um, but if we kind of talk about how we think that this game would actually go, um, so do you think it would be an easy game? Do you think it would be more difficult? How, if we're talking about now this is single elimination and it's best of seven, how do we think that this game is going to kind of come out of it? Who wants to go first? I mean, I'd be surprised if it was anything less than a 4-1 win for finesse again we're talking about seven of the 15 best players in the country all on finesse and i don't think har curry has a player that we would probably would put in the top 15 it doesn't mean that they can't take a game but i just don't see them taking any more than a than a game i totally agree with that um there are some players on harakiri that are so stupidly surprising and sneaky in their own ways. And uh, I, I definitely think that gets them a point, maybe two, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going the, I'm going with Justin on this one. So you're going to go four one as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about you, Amanda? I have literally nothing of value to add beyond what has already been said. So <laughs> you're going to say four one too. <laughs> I knew I liked you. We could be honest here and she's just being honest. 
And then how about you, Brenda? Funny enough. Um, so in round two of the West region last, or 2019, um, I forget if it was no stinger foam, but we finesse were down. I want to say we were down either 2-0 or it was, it was a, it was a game where we were playing against box cats. I don't know if any, if you guys know that team or what they've, yeah, they were like a predominantly Arizona team. Um, so finesse actually dropped two games to a team that, um, if you look at them on paper, people would have said like, there's no way that that box cats would have taken any games on, uh, on finesse, but, um, we're, we're not infallible. Like we make, go, we make some mistakes and, you know, obviously hopefully learn from them within like a seven game series. But, um, so for that reason, I would actually go more for two. Um, I, I still think finesse would take it, but I think that like when we make mistakes, as in we throw catches or, or we don't hit our spots or we just lose ball control really quickly, we can definitely be, like I said, we're not, we're not a perfect team by any means. So I, I would say four, two. So Brenda, I actually had a question for you, kind of thinking of that. If you were saying that this is kind of what your team was like in 2019 and you had this, do you feel like by this 2020 season, by nationals of 2020, you would have worked out some of those kinks? Ideally, yes. Uh, which is, you know, why this is all hypothetical to begin with. So ideally, yes, we would have worked out some of those problems that we, you know, came across in certain games that we did, uh, didn't perform as well in 2019. Um, so yeah, I, I would hope that we would work on stuff like that. But, um, you know, I just want to give a team a benefit of the doubt and that going 4-0 or 4-1 on a team is very hard, is really hard. And I think, you know, there's ricochet catches, there's random things that can happen in a game. Um, and I just don't want people to like look at finesse and be like, oh, they're, they, they don't make mistakes. Like we make a lot of mistakes, um, you know, so. Uh, I, that was sort of what I was implying with the first game. I just think because you guys know them, I think you might make less mistakes than if you were going against a team you might not know as well. But I do agree, you know, that, you know, Random stuff definitely happens. It's dodgeball. You know, the best team doesn't always win. But for me, I, I have a hard time believing that this would be, again, less than a 4-1 win, just in terms of talent. But I understand totally what you're saying. And I feel like that's why I personally kind of agree with kind of Brenda and Jen about the possibility of a 4-2. I don't think it would be a 4-0 just because of some of the things that you had said, Brenda. Um, but I'm, I'm personally leaning more to, I would think this would kind of go to like a four one. If you're feeling hot, you're coming out of the rounds and you're, let's say if you seed how you guys had seeded last year, like you seeded first overall in the nationals bracket, you're feeling hot. You hopefully don't have only five players uh, <laughs> playing with you. Then I think I would personally say that because of the experience of having played Harakiri for the 
four regional tournaments that I think it would be a 4-1 to finesse. Okay, so if we kind of go over to, we said a guest feature is Markel Stokes, um, the number one fan of the women's division. Uh, he also said for round one that finesse is most likely to take it against Harikiri. Um, his statement was that the first matchup between finesse and Harakiri, finesse takes it with the uncertainty of the roster because uh, the roster for Harakiri because they're losing Tina to Lone Star and losing a veteran like that can be a huge for a team chemistry. Um, not saying the other one, not saying that the other women aren't bowlers, but Tina brings a lot. Now with Mayling, Cindy, Jill, Chelsea are great players. Awesome players like finesse have so much more firepower and will take it. So what did Shelby say? She. She literally only gave the teams she thought would win, but she put finesse on top. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Brenda, about last year or to whatever two years ago it was? Because sure. of what happened with uh, with Paige, if let's just say someone couldn't come, would you guys think about picking up a seventh member as a sub or would you still go with six? So like had like if it were two if it were 2020 and we were only gonna go with six or we knew one person wasn't going to be able to come would we pick somebody else up yeah like just say hypothetically crystal couldn't come again would you guys look to pick up somebody from one you know somebody so that you just have a set you know a seventh sub from one of the teams in the west coast that maybe you know didn't have a team that was going to nationals like you know there's always yeah that are sort of looking it's a good question um it would it'd be something that we as a team would decide um because you know, we have really good chemistry, the way that things are, are already with our team. Mm -hmm. um, it was not ideal to only play with five, but it would, yeah, we would just have to talk about it and see and like weigh the pros and cons of like having to get somebody into the system and used to playing with us versus just adapting to being down one. Um, but yeah, it would just, it would really depend on what everybody else wants to do. So I think that wraps up that first game for everyone, right? I mean, can we all agree? Do we want to say it's a 4-1 win or a 4-2 win? Jenny? I would say if we go with the majority, that we'll say it's a 4-1 win. Uh, so let's move to the second game, uh, which would be LFG versus, well, I guess it'd be Venom versus LFG because Venom is the higher seed. Uh, of the two. So Brenda, do you want to tell us the roster for LFG and Jenny, do you want to tell us the roster for Venom? Sure. All right. So for LFG, we have Asia Garrison. We've got Carla Heitch, Casey Reed, Emmy Zappa, Heidi Chow, Sam Greco, and Sophie Klein. And then for Venom, we have Ashley Guadavara, Alex Purin, Alexa Warnock, Cassie Weaver, Emma Griffin, Kayla Jefferson, Lisa Freed, and Justine Kennedy. That pronunciation of Guevara was just magical. I mean, I would have just <laughs> botched it. I try to get it right. Hopefully I said it right. So how do you guys feel this matchup would go? Um, I feel like this one, we probably can go a little bit more into people's rankings. I feel like this is maybe a little bit of a harder matchup for us to determine. Um, Amanda, how do you feel about these two teams? 
I don't feel like I know LFG well enough. I don't know everyone on the team, but looking at the roster, I know I've played with Emmy before. Great player. Casey Reed, great player. Um, Heidi, I've seen play great player. And then I've played a lot with Venom, but not being able to know, totally know who they are playing against, like the full roster. It's hard for me to know. Um, but I will say in those three players that I just mentioned that I do know, I think they are stronger than maybe Venom's top three players. So while I still don't know the rest of the team, I think my initial reaction is to give the win to, to LFG. And Jenny, LFG is sort of a, a spawning from ride or die, right? There's yes. some members who left ride or die to sort of start a new team. They brought in Heidi and Sam and Emmy to go along with some of the members that were already on ride or die. Is that so, right? So uh, ride or die had, so Heidi, I believe Sophie was on, Brenda would probably could attest to this more, but I think it was, Asia, Carla, Sophie, and Heidi were on Ride or Die. And then uh, Casey and Sam Greco were from Blindside previously. And mm -hmm. Emmy Zappa was uh, previously played for Fuego. So it is kind of primarily Ride or Die make up the team, but they're Casey, Emmy, and Sam themselves uh, add have like a significant influence on like the style of play that I imagine that they'll be playing. Um, we kind of talked a bit, a little about it in our West coast region podcast. Um, it's definitely having this merging styles. I know that this team was kind of, they were going to see how things would go at round one. We obviously took this as though the team went well around one and they wanted to stay together through to nationals. I know there was possibility of LFG adding even more ride or die members to nationals. So if there was someone that couldn't turn up, then they would be there. So we're assuming at this point that even though they are kind of a mixed match team going into the beginning of the season, they seem to feel like their chemistry is going really well right now. So they approach nationals as the same team. Um, Venom has been a team since the start of the women's division on the East Coast. Uh, they've had a couple of people mix around, but a lot of their main players have been in it for the long haul, um, which is Ashley, Alex, and oh. Emma, are original members. And then for the past couple of seasons, Alexa and Cassie and Justine Kennedy had joined. And then for the 2020 season, we would have had a new edition of Kayla Jefferson and Lisa Freed. I feel like Venom is sort of like the, the up and coming team in the East Coast in terms of like the best younger talent players are sort of playing on Venom. Um, the best players are playing on Royale and the, the sort of up and coming players are playing with Venom. Um, I know that most of the people in the East Coast were really excited to see how Lisa played for the full season, she was the MVP of the one draft tournament that happened before everything got shut down. Mm -hmm. um, I know that that Ashley is a really good captain and runs that team really well. And then there's a bunch of other players that are really dedicated to dodgeball. I think, you know, Jenny, you talked up Justine on the East Coast and thought she really improved. I think the thing that we talked about 
in the East Coast podcast was we weren't really sure how they would line up and where everyone's best positions were. Um, and I think that's one thing that probably could hurt them in this matchup is not sort of knowing what their best six person lineup is. Um, whereas I feel like LFG maybe has a little bit more better understanding. I mean, I guess they are adding three new players, but I feel like Emmy and Sam are pretty versatile players and can play uh, all over the place and don't need to like be on the corner. Whereas I feel like some of the players on Venom sort of need to be on the corner. I feel like they almost have too many corners. Yeah. Can, can I amend my statement? I am um, kind of miss Lisa Freed at the bottom of that list. Lisa over the past year has been incredible. She like eats up anything in her general vicinity and she's got an arm to go with it. Um, but knowing also now that LFC is also made up of primarily ride or die, who is also an amazing team from the West. I still think that LFG would take it. Like, like you said, Ashley's a great captain, but I think when Ashley, I think if Ashley and Lisa are the two first two out, I think there's a lot less, uh, knowledge of not knowledge, uh, a lot less like leadership, knowing who's going to be making play calls. Um, like, I feel like that's, if both of them are out, there's going to be a lot more chaos happening potentially on that side of the court. Um, there's still a lot of talent there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Venom took a game or two off LFG, but I think overall LFG is going to take it, um, in a seven game series. What do you think, Jen? So I was lucky enough to get to play against a number of these, uh, of the ladies on Venom, um, at their tournament that they had in Spooky Nook out there, which was so much fun. Um, so a few of them, um, are going to surprise a lot of people, I think, especially, you know, you mentioned that some of them are new, um, which will make a difference, but, uh, I, I've played obviously with ride or die a few times. Um, so my heart goes out to them. I love them so much. And, uh, the addition that they have, you know, with Emmy, with, uh, Sam, uh, Kate, uh, re- all of them, um, I think that this is going to be a fast paced game, but it's going to be dictated by LFG. Um, I think they would be able to capitalize um, using that like fast game. Um, so I I'm with y'all. I'm, I'm going to go LFG probably uh, four, two, four, three. Brenda, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm really glad that you guys all have um, had more experience with playing against Venom players. Um, because the only one I've ever really played against tr- that like m- oh, more than just one time at a tournament is Ashley because she lived in LA. Um, so I don't have a, a, a good read on these players um, as a team. Um, I, I, I vaguely remember some of them, but I'm, I am glad that you guys have better experience with them. Um, I think you guys have pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, LFG does have a lot of uh, experience and um, experience does go a long way, especially in playoffs situations um, where like if this were to be, if we were just talking about a game in round robin, I, I, I might take Venom. They might pull off a win, you know, um, in a round robin game. But I think that um, I I really think with like the leadership from like Carla and with how great Sam is, like, I really just think that 
th that experience could take to could carry them at least through to the next round. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, I think it would be close. Um, I, I think I actually disagree with Jen a little bit um, because I think that LFG, so ride or die, if we're talking about ride or die, they kind of played more of a slow game actually like a pretty slow game back and forth. The only one who really took a lot of um, snipes was Cindy and she's not on this team. She's on Harakiri. Um, and I know like when, uh, you know, Sophie might take some snipes as well, but I think they might play like a more controlled game. However, adding Sam, Emmy and Casey uh, and I don't really know, I don't know Asia, so I, I can't speak on her behalf, but they are a different type style of play. All of them kind of fit into a different, more fast paced kind of game. I just would be a little bit weary to think that they would want to go too fast because I think that actually puts them in a disadvantage. Whereas if they were to take it a little bit slowly and maybe get their feet under them in round robin, they might want to play a little bit of a slower game. Brenda, would you say LFG is more of a catching team or a throwing team, or would you say they're pretty balanced? They're they're a catching team. More of a catching with, team? With, with some pretty good arms sprinkled in, but I think predominantly mm -hmm. they're going to make their, uh, their presence known on the catching side. Yeah, see, I think that also plays against – I feel like Venom – Venom is, I would say, leans more towards throwing, and I feel like they don't have the upper echelon arms that are going to beat a bunch of catchers. So I feel like that play style probably plays into LFG's hands as well. You know, if they have a bunch of really good catchers, and Venom's got some good throwers, but not, you know, six really good throwers. They've got two or three good, really throw, good throwers, and I feel like that probably plays into LFG's strategy a little bit. So I I lean, I, I agree. I sort of lean towards a 4-2 ranking. I mean, 4-2 uh, game. And I was just looking at my ratings. I ranked LFG as like a 7.1 and Venom as a 6.5. So I lean towards LFG in that game as well. How Jenny, did what you, you Oh, I was just going to ask Brenda, how did she have them ranked on her? I actually had them ranked even because uh thinking back i'm pretty sure emma griffin hit me in the face once <laughs> at intel in 2018 nationals now that i'm thinking about it with money shot because I, I think venom existed then yes mm -hmm. but i'm almost 100 percent certain that she hit me in the face and it really hurt so um and i i ashley's really sneaky like ashley will take some some snipes that are like they will catch people off guard if you're not used to it and like this is a uh, a an east even though so let's see i don't technically i don't remember let me look at the things they are in let's see north and we've got a north and uh and an east battle going on right here <laughs> um I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> well, that's home court advantage? Yeah. Our mock national championship? Yeah, home court advantage. No, J just that 
LFG and Venom will have never played each other. So it will be, unless they do meet in round robin, it'll, it might be a little funky. I feel like, you know when that you watch those games with teams that have never played each other and you literally watch it and you're like, this is funky. Like, this is weird. Th- like, are they playing the same style of game? I feel like that happens a lot in at nationals where you're like, we play like this, but you guys are really confusing. I feel like it might be two or three confusing games. And then I think it'll settle out. And I think, I think Carla, Carla and Sam are like two of the best catchers in the country and especially no sting. Like they really like no sting. So I feel like they're kind of like set in that. Sophie's a good catcher too. So I think, yeah. I think also LFG is in terms of depth, which we were talking about earlier. I think their depth across the board is higher than, than Venom's. There are certain players that I feel like if you get out in Venom's, you know, if Ashley goes out, the leadership sort of drops off or if Lisa goes out, the best arm goes off. There's a little bit more consistency to LFG than I think there is Venom. So, so we've kind of, referred to going through a rating so i don't know if we mentioned it at the start of the podcast I need to mention it now um i want to say a big thank you to uh lucas <laughs> uh because he had created the spreadsheet for the open division and uh when we're trying to get ready for this one i took that spreadsheet and <laughs> just put the women's names <laughs> in the slots so this pure genius is down to him <laughs> so thank you it's also his birthday the day we're taping it. So happy birthday, Lucas. Happy, happy birthday. birthday to... No, I'm not going to sing it. So if we kind of get into it, um, as everyone's kind of stated already, looking at both of these teams, there is a lot of talent. I do feel like if we're talking about depth, looking at my own personal ratings of each of these teams, I did have LFG as a higher depth rating than Venom. Um, I feel like that's mainly because I feel like Venom have added more depth to their team in this season than what they had prior. Um, but as Justin and Amanda had kind of pointed out, I feel like, let's say if you take LFG going into this match, they did have a chance to play them at round robin and they're kind of like, okay, we need to pick off such and such and such and stuff. If they do target the top players on Venom, I don't know how the rest of the players are going to respond. Um, I know that, let's say, if Ashley Guevara was targeted first and she was taken off the court, I do know that Venom can still hold their own without Ashley's leadership because she had that injury in the 2019 season and um, in the middle of round two, and they were still able to perform really well for round two, round three, um, and then unfortunately they didn't go to nationals as a team. I think they had they had this split up um, for the nationals tournament. But I do have to agree that like if we're talking about LFG's style, like we said that this is quite a catch heavy team. There are some good arms thrown in there. Um, so if we're talking about style of play, Venom, they would probably be known, they go for the throws more than they do the catches but I feel like one thing that kind of knocks in their favor is or not knocks in disfavor or whatever the term is not good for them whatever is not good for them whatever that term is 
is sometimes that accuracy is not great playing against a catching team. I personally had written down that I think this would be a 4-3 game just because I think it would be a mix-up. Um, but I know that was different to kind of everyone else's. Okay, so go back to Markel's corner. Um, we'll say he said that for this second matchup between LFG and Venom, um, he says the, this one he thinks that LFG also will to get it. Venom's a good team, but Venom is heavy on one position, which is not a bad thing, but can have major problems once they lose ball control. Um, LFG has some amazing players that can do everything like Emi Zappa. She made some clutch plays for Fuego from a point blank catch too and from and closed out a lot of games. She's also a great floor player in general and uses the floor really well. Uh, also LFG has Sam and she is a beast along with the catch of Carla and power of Casey Reed. LFG makes it past Venom. So what kind of uh, things or who did Shelby think would take it? Shelby picked LFG. Okay. Can we go through everyone else? What kind of score that you had imagined for this match again? I said four, I mean, two, four, three. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna agree with you, Jenny. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jenny. I mean, I could easily see it going four, three or four, two. I mean, I think, you know, what could determine a lot would be who had burden and who doesn't have burden. You know, mm -hmm. if, if LFG has burden to start, that means they would have the burden in four out of the seven games. So, you know, maybe if that's the case, maybe they win four two. If if Venom has burden, maybe it's a it's a seven match. I was leaning four two, but I could be swayed to four three. <laughs> if we average it out. Um, so it's one of those things that's like, oh, even though we had ranked LFG lower down like on the west coast rankings this is what i feel like is a sh this huge thing about matchups because it's like they could play another team and they wouldn't like venom if venom played another team they could they seen as the second team on the east they could ride it around to the next round but this is where i think like your first round matchups are so important because it's about style of play so i think we're saying that for this round lfg is going to take it four to three and progress to the next round correct so now we've got game three we're getting in it Woo! nationals time we're, di we're discussing this probably about the length that each game kind of takes so this is good <laughs> we're actually playing a nationals tournament um so game three we have a seeded one in the south which is lone star versus Frenzy, who's seated fourth in the East. So Jen, would you like to go through Lone Star's roster being a member of that team? Yeah, so Jen Woodley, Christy Stevens, Deanna Darns, Val Wynn, uh, used to be Val Lerma, uh, Bridget Wenzel, Tina Armbrew, and then Jackie Cruz. And then Amanda, do you want to say, do you want to have a go at Frenzy? I'll, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> So we have Elise Morris, Natalie Waller, Rebecca Forrand, Sam Hutter, Samantha Sayward, Sally Snellinger, Emily Sadler, and Kat Durrell. Durrell? I, Kat Durrell. I think that's how you say Sally's name. So I think you're good. I'm thinking if it's like a German kind of spelling, that's what I'm going for. So what are we thinking of this matchup? I know that Frenzies, so if people don't remember, Frenzies primarily made of a clutch mode team. 
um, that was on the East Coast, they had come out to nationals. Um, if we kind of go back to how they had done, just for your things. So clutch mode was tied 17th. So they were knocked out on the first round of the 2019 season, but I know that they have made some improvements for the 2020 season. Um, so members that were on clutch mode before were Elise, Natalie, Rebecca, Cat uh, Durrell, Emily Sadler had played with them at nationals. And then new additions would be Sam Hutter, Samantha Sayward and Sally Schnellinger. Um, Sam and Sally are from the Cleveland area. Everyone else is pretty much from New Jersey, except for Kat, who features from New Orleans. Uh, Samantha is a new player. Uh, Sally's been playing recreationally for a while. Um, and Sam Hutter had been, she had been a member of the NCDA, um, a strong player in the East that joined in midway through the 2019 season. Um, and then Jen, I think it'd be good to kind of give a bit of a recap of some changes that Lone Star's made, how Lone Star was formed, and who's kind of on that team. So lots of changes. Um, in the previous couple of years, it's no uh, news to anybody, the South has struggled in really forming some solid teams and putting, you know, really getting a, a big, big showing out there. Um, so what we had done in the past was uh, put together um, a team at nationals that we felt would do the best uh, with the best of you know, the players that we have. Um, and so this year we did not want to go that route. We felt like we were going to be able to get enough teams where that wasn't going to be an issue. So we were we felt comfortable creating a team uh, with the players that we wanted to play with. Um, and so this is the, uh, creation of that is Lone Star, um, captained by Christy. Um, we were so incredibly lucky to get to pull in Jackie and Tina. Um, we've I've had the opportunity to play with them a few times at different tournaments. And so really we just knew the, um, chemistry would be there. So that's, that's really how Lone Star came to be. And Lone Star was made up of, um, the WMD and chaos. And if those that didn't know previously in 2019, even though their placement didn't show it, chaos did seed second in the nationals seeding before we played in the playoffs. Um, so there's kind of like a quick rundown for everybody that's on this panel now. And for all the listeners out there, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the other ones. Um, so let's kind of dive into this. So Justin, what are your initial thoughts? I was just also going to mention that Frenzy is leans more towards the catching side. Uh, Jen, what would you say is Lone Star's biggest strength? Were you guys, would you guys say you're more of a throwing team, a catching team, or much more of like a balanced team? We're pretty balanced. Um, we're going to lean a little bit more towards uh, towards throwing, but we've we've really got some incredible catchers, both in, like Christy D. Uh, Bridget, I mean, Tina, ja all of them, except for me, really, are going to be really great catchers. Um, but I think, you know, we we really um, we've really learned how to coordinate ourselves better to where throwing is more of our attack strategy. So, I mean, like we talked about frenzy in the East. I think their hardest thing is to win against a team that is really good throwers uh, because and also can like can also catch because they just don't have the arms as much to sort of take teams out. Um, so I wonder stylistically if that hurts them. 
I think this would be a really good matchup because it is sort of those two different sides. Um, and the same sort of thing I was talking about earlier with Finesse having the advantage of playing Howard Curry, sort of knowing their players. These are two teams that wouldn't know each other very well as well at all. I guess, Jen, you may have seen some of these players because they, they play at the Spooky Nook tournament that you played last month and uh, the next one coming up in June. So you'll get to know them a little bit more, but in terms of a full team, you guys wouldn't really know them as well. Um, which is always sort of fun because you have that moment of like, you know, one or two or three games where you're sort of trying to figure each other out. Oh yeah. How to play, how to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Well, and like Brenda said, it's funky, man. It, that is, <laughs> that gets ugly real fast. And then finally it clicks and you're like, okay, regroup. Yeah. Um, so Jen, what are you thinking about your matchup with Frenzy? It's so hard for me to answer this just because I only know a few of the players there. Um, but I do know that like Sam, for instance, great arm, uh, great catcher. Um, Kat is one of the most surprising players that you'll find. Um, I really love watching her play because there is no give up in that girl. Like she is going to hustle for it. And I, I love watching her. Um, uh, Rebecca is the only other one that I know. And I got to meet her for the first time in person at the tournament. Uh, and uh, she's another catcher. So, you know, it's just, I, I couldn't say how it's going to go outside of, I know what my team's strategy is and you, we just have to lean on uh, the teamwork, lean on our chemistry. What about you, Brenda? What are you thinking? All right. Well, before uh, Jen said Val win was Val, um, what was, what's her maiden name? Lerma. That girl is good. Yo, that's, that made me change my rankings. I like went back in and changed it. Cause like she takes that team to a whole new level. Yes, absolutely. She does. <laughs> so, I mean, Jen Woodley, I mean, just kidding. <laughs> She's love you too, Dirk. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jen Woodley's the goat. Um, no, this team's good. Lone Star's good. I mean, I really don't think, I think from they were lucky in, in that they got to play together in 2019 whereas like the rest of us we're just talking about hypothetical stuff but I I truly truly think that um I truly think that Lone Star would have done some damage uh that's for damn sure um yeah Val's good I remember her from uh from the tryouts from the combine i had never seen her play before and she, i think i watched her throw when we had to do the the uh the speed we were like throwing at the wall i remember seeing her throw and i was like who is this girl and that was foam so i can only imagine she's like i've never seen her play no stink maybe i did it we i don't even remember if we played chaos I'm kind of rambling, but she's really good. Yeah, I think this game is, I, I really think it's like a four to one situation. I truly do. Like, 
I know, I know people hate on the South and for what, I don't know, but this team is literally like the best combination of South players in one team. So I think four, one. Yeah. And I, I think that <laughs> if I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was good, Brenda. That was good. Um, but I think cause we're kind of talking about that a little bit too, if we're looking at uh, what was the chaos team and then coming into this Lone Star team, I feel like, um, was Jackie going to play with you at nationals? Oh yeah. Okay. So that was, that was going to be our set. Was, okay then. Good. Just making sure I was like, probably should have asked this question before we got into talking, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, when it comes to Lone Star and you like looking at the Star team compared to chaos, I do feel like, with that chaos team, you are taking out some of the weak links that were on chaos and upgrading with the addition of some of your players that are now joining the Stone Star team. Um, one thing that chaos definitely had that helped your guys' seeding for the 2019 nationals was definitely the element of surprise. Um, and you guys played really well and then i think it threw off a lot of teams too um unfortunately like you guys got kicked out out of the bracket from union last year That's who, who in during that um like we're gonna say we we were surprised because we were like lined up to then play you guys so we were surprised by that and then they went and had had a knocked royale royale out so it was kind of like well this is <laughs> Like, whoa, what's going on? Um, but I do think that Lone Star is a really good team. Um, definitely deserved the first seeding, the number one seeding in the South. Now, if we're co comparing it to Frenzy, um, unfortunately, with the Frenzy team, like, I do think they are strong, like Justin had said, on a catching front. Like, they are a catching team. Like, I know Royale, sometimes we struggle finishing out a game because of how good they are with their catching. Um, so it's kind of that thing that if you're having off games where your accuracy is not hundred percent, they're going to make you pay for it. But unfortunately, like, even though with the addition of Sam Hutter, um, who's got a really strong arm and would be their strongest thrower on their team, I'm not quite sure how much of an arm Sally would have, but I don't think that it would be as much of a threat offensively speaking like they would have to play the defensive game which if you're feeling like you're having to play defense right off the bat and you're feeling you're not as strong offensively that's already gonna kind of make you not play so well sort of thing what are you thinking amanda yeah i wouldn't 100 give this round to lone star um I think Val not only has a strong arm, but she's incredibly fast as well. Am I thinking of Val? Like I remember at nationals refing your, your games and the other team was like, there's no way she's clearing the line. Cause she would like get up there and toss it back to whoever was and every throw you were taking someone out first. And I was, and I was like, I promise you, I am watching. She's leaving when we like, she's so incredibly fast. She's got a great arm your whole team, like you were mentioning, your team's chemistry is phenomenal. Like you just, your team has so much going on. And then you look at frenzy and there's like, yes, a good arm here, a catcher here, but there's also brand new players to not only um, 
elite USA dodgeball, whatever you want to call it, but to um, competitive dodgeball. Um, I just, I think the chemistry, the lack of chemistry is going to really be a, a downfall for frenzy. Um, I think I'm not like looking at that team. I'm not hundred percent sure who like the captain is and who's going to like give that team a vision. And that makes me really nervous. Like, I'm like, who is telling you what to do, what is happening when you guys are playing. So I think frenzy again has strengths in different pockets, but I think they're going to have a hard time, or I think it's going to take them some time to figure out how to bring it all together. Whereas you guys are like walking on the court and you're like, we've got this, we've been here before. So, um, yeah, I would say definitely if not, if not four Oh four one. But Val's little legs, like she may be short, but that little girl is going. Yeah. <laughs> so fast. So fast. It made me laugh when Amanda was telling that story and I was like, yeah, I 100% remember this and like seeing teams being like, there is no way she's getting there. And you're like, you'd be really surprised. Someone told me there's no way she's faster than me. And I was like, girl, she was the fastest. Like I saw the data from the combine. She was legit the fastest person in the rush. Like there was no one at the combine faster than her. So like don't be mad that she's faster than you because it's true. <laughs> okay, back to Markel's corner uh, for the matchup against Lone Star and Frenzy. Uh, the uh, Lone Star takes this one with the experience of that team from Tina to Jen to Christy and the rest of the awesome Lone Star people. Frenzy is a great team, but will then have the chemistry to beat a team, but do not have the chemistry to beat a team like Lone Star. So he's pretty much in agreement with us. Um, what did Shelby think? Shelby picked Lone Star to take this one. Okay, so she's definitely in the still in agreement with us. So what were our scores for that third game? So Justin, four to two. We got Brenda, four one. Amanda, four one. Jen, four one. And I'm going to go and be with the mainstream and say four one. <laughs> Okay, so for that round, we have Lone Star taking it for one. Okay, so Justin, do you want to introduce us to game four? Oh, uh, so yeah, game four would be Aztecs versus Blackout. Aztecs was, I believe, our fourth ranked team in the West. Is that right? Yeah, I think they were the fourth ranked team in the West, which makes them a three seed in the... They are the number two seed from the Northwest region. <laughs> yes. And then Blackout was our seventh, sixth team in the West. They were One, our two, fifth team three, four. So in yeah, the West yeah. and ranked the, three, seed at the, the third seed. The Justin, West. I have the bracket in front of me. <laughs> I know. I can't do math. It's, I don't, I'm not an architect, so I don't, I don't do math at all. Uh, but so, yeah, we have, I mean, a West Coast matchup. So these are teams that know each other really well, um, have played, you know, hypothetically played against each other the entire season. So there's a lot of understanding of how each team plays. Um, when we did the West Coast bracket, um, all of us really liked Aztecs and thought that they were going in like the right direction um, in terms of a team. I know Brenda probably could speak more to that kind of stuff. Brenda, do you want to talk about Aztecs? I guess, Brenda, do you want to talk about Aztecs roster and then Blackout's roster? 
the players? Sure. Sure. So for Aztecs, we have Alice Chung. We've got Alex Gardner, Anika Wajanko, Emily Farrell, MJ Rios, Shelby Grimness, Tracy Barbosa, and Sumsum Chan. And then for Blackout, we've got Britt Daughtry, Caroline McDonald, Kate Murphy, Kayla Sisson, Krista Schnell, Lo Evelyn O'Toole, and Savannah Heipel. Good job, you want to Brenda. talk about Aztecs roster, Brenda? Sure. Um, I think that uh, so Aztecs is this would be their so if we're talking 2020, this would be their second full year together. They would have picked up some really good players from other teams, um, Alice, Anika, and Emily um, to to join in with them and they were already on like an upward trajectory throughout uh the 2019 west coast series um and i think that they would have they would have improved with these additions um i said this before but i think mj is one of the top 15 at least no sting players in the country um i i i think her skill set, throwing, catching, dodging, she's one of the best. Um, and I mean, I'm not biased or anything, but I, I know how hard Emily works because we work together. Um, and I know how hard Shelby works as well because we, we have all thrown and been throwing together as well. But Emily adds a different dimension to their team uh, in terms of throwing. Um, Shelby is also one of the best catchers in the country and that addition also of Alice is like a basically adding a top player to a team that's already doing better and a team uh, and she's a player that's very adaptable who can come into any situation and kind of take a leadership role no matter what. I think having Alice on a corner and either Sumsum or MJ on the other corner just kind of sets the rest of the team up for, um, you know, snipes, kills, catches. And I think they would be pretty successful with that. Jen, what do you think? I am mostly going to defer to everything that Brenda just said. But and the reason for that is because I I feel like this is a it's a fairly even match team. I think Aztecs comes out on top just for all of the reasons that uh, that Brenda just said. Um, and that's not to say that there are not some some real weapons on the blackout side, especially like Britt and uh, Kayla. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I know Kate, um, but I just don't know enough of the other girls to be able to speak to, to the full chemistry of that team. But I know enough on Aztecs to know that there's, there is a lot of, there's a lot of solid talent in that one team to take them really far. What about you, Amanda? Yeah. Um, I can't add much more. Brenda covered it pretty well, but I would agree. I don't know. Again, same. I don't know the blackout team quite as well. I know Britt Daughtry can like run a court. She can like dominate catching. She she's like not afraid to push. She's I've seen her catch point blank because she's pushing. And 
um, what and whatnot, but I know Kayla is also a great player, but yeah, there's just so much talent and like, like catchers, throwers, uh, there's just so much talent on Aztecs that there's no doubt that, uh, that it would go to them. What about you, Justin? I think, I, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. I think I also fall back on the fact that Aztecs, and maybe I'm wrong, but Brenda, almost all those players are from sort of the LA area, right? Yes. Uh, well, some, some recently moved to Canada, I want to say, but this would have been. <laughs> this would have been hypothetically would have been before she moved there. So. Exactly. So, um, yeah, everybody here is is LA um, from Aztecs and then from Blackout. They're sort of all over the country, right? Lowe's uh, in Caroline, Lowe's in Kayla. Washington, Kate's yeah, in Car- Arizona. Say, yeah, East uh, North Northern California and and like uh, Portland or. Washington. They're a little bit more spread out. Yeah. So in terms of like practicing, I think Aztecs, it's just another thing that gives them an advantage. You know, if we're back in a world where we don't have COVID, where everyone's out playing all the time, you know, the fact that Aztecs can practice and play together and build chemistry just pushes them one level further, in my opinion, over this team. And and like you guys said, they've got a bunch of really young and becoming players. Um, and then the additions that they made are all additions that make them better and fill positions that that takes them sort of over the top. Um, so yeah, I would agree. I think it's a you know four four two to Aztecs. Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Jenny, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think like looking at the rosters and kind of the matchups. Um, I know. Was it uh, Lo Evelyn O'Toole? She'd previously just been playing open. Um, mm-hmm. And was that with... Roy with... Bonds, I think. No, I... was it Misfits she was playing with? Brenda, can you answer that? Right, and which is an open, open team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so she'd be coming into this playing women's um, as like her primary team. And like, I think that's a good addition for Blackout. Um, but I do feel like if you were to look at... Like we were saying, it's hard to argue against Aztecs roster and saying how, like, I don't think that Blackout has a path to victory if I'm looking at these teams and this particular matchup. Um, I feel like, okay, so you have Brit, who is a talent, will, like, good to the ball, will push up, but then you also have players like that on Aztecs. So it's like you're always going to have someone that's going to match the style of play that Blackout might bring, but then they'll be able to take it up just that little bit notch higher. Um, I did have them on my ratings. I did have Aztecs um, like two points higher than Blackout, and that was mainly just because of depth uh, and then overall kind of throwing and catching abilities. I do feel like it's kind of ranked at a a higher level in comparison to what I had seen from Blackout previously, even including their new additions. Um, But what does, I want to have guest Emily come on and kind of say how she would (laughs) feel if she wants to. Um, How would you do against Blackout? Okay, so I don't know like half of the team only because 2019 was like 
my first year really getting into like competitive dodgeball. Um, but I know Kate Murphy, I played against Britt. Um, and then I just personally know Caroline and Savannah, but I don't remember playing against them. Um, I just think in general, Aztecs has a lot of depth and like Brenda didn't mention, but like we also added Anika who that girl can catch anything with like one finger. <laughs> like the team is, that would probably be our biggest strength is just the catching alone. Yeah. And I think that, I think it would definitely, we would come out on top, but I don't, I don't think it would be easy. I think it would probably be like a four, two for sure. That's so what I think too. Look I at think that. I think this is why it's like, oh, I feel like round one is definitely one of those where it's like, I think we're going to be in agreements, like kind of mm -hmm. going through it. So that's why it's good to just kind of go through it. And then when we go the other rounds, we will be diving a lot more deeper into detail and kind of uh, paths to victory and whatnot. Okay, so Markel had picked Aztecs for the winner between Aztecs and Blackout. Who did Shelby pick to win? Shelby picked Aztecs to win. Oh, of course she would. Of course she would. At least, at least they go through. So when she's back next time, she'll be able to talk about <laughs> Aztecs more. So we're saying that Aztecs is going to take this game four to two, correct? Yeah. Okay, now we have we are reaching onto the other side of the bracket. We are halfway through the first round. Oh yeah. Okay. So game five, we have Royale versus Power. Uh, Royale was seated first from the East Coast, and Power was seated fourth from the Northwest, which is the eighth seed. No, ninth seed. Yeah. No, seven no, seats. Eight seats. Seven, eight, six, five, four, three, eight two, seat. one. Eight seats from the West Coast. Um, so, Amanda, as captain of Royale, would you like to go through our roster? Sure thing. Um, so, our roster consists of myself, Emily Hotz, Jenny, the lovely Jenny Hodge, Kate Karens, Michelle Radley, Mackenzie Riley, Sammy Barrett, uh, Tasha Maben, and Meg Fricker. And then Brendan, if you could take us through who is playing for power. <laughs> uh, can I first just please say that Emily just told me that she goes, quote, now that I'm looking at Jenny's face, I'm pretty sure she hit me in the face at nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> say that because I am dying. All right. Bringing it back. Jenny, I'm going to talk to you after class. Okay. <laughs> so power, we've got Danielle Schnecker, Aaron Gabbard, Elisa Westman, Monique Aguilar, Rebe Rebecca Rothberg, and Taylor Green. Okay. So what are we thinking of this matchup? Jen, do you want to go first? Oh, wait. Should we talk through some additions to the teams first before we talk about I was so, just going to say, I think you guys forfeit because you have too many members on your team. No, well, so, allowed to have eight so members, so let you me guys explain. are automatically disqualified. Let me explain. So realistically, Royale has struggled in years past. I was out three years ago, ACL tear. Jenny was out the next season with her ankle break. Kate was out last season or the season before this all happened with uh, Tommy John surgery. So like and then Megan was in then is in the National Guard, and so she was overseas. So like we have struggled 
every year that we have been a team um, to like fill out our roster. Um, there was a weekend where three of us had a wedding and we had to have Alice come and play for us. So we figured between life happening and the potential for Megan to also be deployed again, um, that it was ideal to, to pick up someone in worst case, if we needed to sit someone like that's a, a total, like we're, we were willing to do that. We were willing risk having to sit, sit someone to pick up Tasha. You, you don't give up uh, a free agent of Tasha Maven to another team. Yeah. And actually, Justin, to prove you wrong in the new USA Dodgeball Premier League rules, you can have an uh, unlimited roster. I was just kidding anyways. No, you're not. You're just trying to be a stickler. You don't read the rules. You don't know. <laughs> I, try. I definitely don't read the rules. <laughs> okay, so if we're talking about Royale and Power. Now, Power is a new team. Um, Royale we were KO, pretty much kept a lot of the same roster, merged with Anarchy, was Royale for 2019 season. So this would be our second season as Royale, but our like fifth year of playing to fourth year playing together, four or five, however many goes. Um, and then Power does have some players that have kind of played together, but this is, as we said, kind of talking about the West Coast part, the reason why they were ranked a little bit lower was because uh, I think Danielle and Rebecca were only going to be there for round one, uh, possibly on other rounds two. So we're assuming that they're going to be coming back to nationals, but this was a team that potentially could be picking up some of the outliers on the West Coast that weren't already rostered on a team or are probably only doing a couple tournaments. Um, so if people are noticing that there are some more prominent players on the West Coast that have been mentioned on teams and weren't mentioned on the podcast previously, they could turn up on this team, who knows. Um, but we're gonna go with this team and kind of see how it kind of ranks between. So now, Jen, what is your opinion of Royale versus Power? So I am obviously familiar more with Royale. Um, the team is just so strong. I mean, top to bottom, um, you've, in my mind, uh, you've got it all. So you have powerful arms, strong, consistent, strong, consistent catching. Um, and, and I mean, that's, that's a really hard uh, team to beat at the end of the day. Um, but then obviously you've got some really wily players on power, like Aaron and Elisa, like they are both, they've got strong arms um, and they can make some plays. I think at the end of the day, Royale takes it, but that's a... That's a fun game to watch uh, for me. I would I would love to sit and watch this one because I think this would be a fun game. What about you, Justin? Yeah, I was going to say, behind Finesse and Invasion, I feel like Royale is the team that knows themselves the best. They know exactly where everyone wants to play, how everyone wants to play the best. Like you guys have played, I mean, Amanda, Emily, and Kate, you guys have been playing together basically for like, what, 15 years? Um, like, like 10 or 11, like, but over yeah. a decade. Uh, and then Jenny's been part of your guys' team for the past four or five years. Uh, Michelle has been part of the, you know, Michelle knows her role. I feel like nobody on your team plays out of their comfort zone. Like you guys all know exactly how you want to play. You're never going to basically get you guys to play outside of your comfort zone. And at, in a tournament where you're playing teams that you don't know, that's a huge advantage where you guys just all know exactly how to play in it. I mean, and also I just think talent-wise, I think you guys are a more talented team. Um, you've got good arms, you've got good catchers. It's a really well-balanced team. So 
I would lean towards Royale, but I also know you guys a lot more than I know the power one, the women on power. So it could be a little biased in a sense. What are you thinking, Amanda? How do you think we do against power? Yeah, uh, similar to, to what Jen was saying, I don't know everyone on this team. So taking a peek at their um, roster, I like know Elisa's a great player. I know Monique is can do everything. She can throw, she can catch, she can dodge. Like she's all over the place. Um, and I've played with Rebecca. Um, so knowing that she'll only be there for round one, I'm like wondering who's going to fill her shoes. Um, so it's obviously... I want to put Royale over, over them, <laughs> over them. Um, and I do think we have a pretty strong, like our team chemistry, I think is pretty, pretty high up there. Just I like took a peek at ratings earlier and people rated us pretty high in team chemistry. And I'd have to agree with that. And while that's not everything, um, I think like J Justin was saying, knowing each other's play style, knowing how, no matter who's left in, knowing, like knowing how they play, knowing how to play with them is a huge advantage. Um, and well, we might not be like the best throwers or the best catchers. I think we're pretty well-rounded in that category too. And so, um, yeah, I would put us over, over them. What do you think, Brenda? What do you think, Brenda? Here I come. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty self-explanatory a team like Royale with, I mean, I rated you guys a 10 out of 10 in terms of um, uh, experience. Was it no chemistry? And I gave you guys a nine in experience. Like those are things that in a first round, um, you know, a first round battle in the playoffs that takes you over the, over a team that has less experience and less chemistry, especially a team that's like, you know, we don't know if they would have stayed together or what the team would have looked like uh, at this point at nationals. I mean, this is the team that we're looking at and we're comparing. It's like, you know, you get those reps in at, at other rounds, but it looks like a team more so that would, would get substitutions and stuff like that. But, you know, I think, the addition of Tasha, I mean, first of all, Tasha makes the best ramen I've ever had in my life. Um, and she also, I mean, I don't know what she does to Maryland blue crabs, but she takes them <laughs> to a whole different level. So I think from that point of view, there's like no, there's no comparison, but no, truly like, I, I really don't think there's a, there's not a big drop off from anybody. I think the team the chemistry is so good that even if, you know, I would, I let's, let's look at this. So I, I, it's even really hard to decide who's got strongest arm, strongest catching, strongest elusiveness. I think, I think hots is pretty, pretty much best blocker on the team. She's pretty damn good at that. I mean, Mackenzie Riley and Michelle Radley are like, they're like, black holes in the middle where like nothing gets by them you know jenny hits my girlfriend in the face there there's just so much i mean Fricker, <laughs> literally not a drop off you know sammy amanda like kate they're literally it's just like the best players on the east coast got together and got 
and, and are on a team together. So I even like, no matter what version of Royale shows up to the tournament, you know, even if like you guys only bring six or seven, I, I really don't think you're going to have a, an issue winning um, at least in the first round, probably more down the line, not really going to have an issue anywhere else either, but that's for a later podcast. <laughs> what do you guys think the game score would be here? 4-0. If I'm, if I'm completely honest, I put 4-0 yeah (laughs) i know amanda's shocked because like if i if i'm talking about like obviously amanda and i are on royale and i and i know or i like i have seen a lot of footage and know a lot of these players um i'm obviously kind of predicting or like hypothetically speaking how they would play together or what kind of roles they would take um but i do feel like that royale would have a game plan going into it and i don't feel like we would be sounds so harsh to say but like i wouldn't really be threatened to be like okay well if if one of our if let's say i get knocked out or let's say like megan gets knocked out and we're like oh shit we don't have like our stronger throwers to go up against their team like i I do feel like you're saying that like we do have a lot of depth on royale and i feel like any everybody on this team would be able to be put in a scenario that if it was let's say it was like 1v4 like I've seen Sammy come out of a 1v4 like she's a she's a good blocker she can move well and she'll like survive through that game and same with Emily same with and like Michelle she (laughs) she goes sometimes she doesn't put she'll admit sometimes she doesn't put herself in the best positions but when she gets up there she's got like an what like an 85 percent catch rating um if it's like in her zone and i think that with the style of play that i've seen because i know like uh erin does a lot of rushing counters a lot and i feel like royale handles them really well um so i personally put four zero (laughs) like i sound bad saying it but okay and then so between Royale and Power, Markel had chose Royale to go through. Thank you, Markel, for choosing our team. Um, and then who did Shelby pick between Royale and Power? Shelby chose Royale. Okay, good. Because if she did not be upset with her. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? What would you say is your best six person lineup? I know it's sort In of hard Royale? To- yeah. Because I know it's sort of hard to put you guys on the spot, but like you've got nine I, players. It, you know, sometimes you have to say, like, you know, our best six has to play for us to win. I mean, maybe not in this matchup, but going forward, I think that's probably something that will come up. So here's my take we played mostly six for all of round rounds one, two, and three uh, before the pandemic. And that was mostly Emily, me, Ugh, I can't even so realistically I think I'm the weakest person on the team but I'm our play caller and I'm our captain so I think I bring an element to the court and I've I can make catches when I need to I have a decent arm but realistically I'm the least elusive on the team I have one of the weaker arms on the team so like I would probably take myself out but that then makes me nervous because I'm our go-to play caller um but I would think probably Emily and I'm saying this solely because Kate wasn't playing last season and we haven't 
put Tasha in the mix yet. We need to like figure stuff out with her, but I would say Emily, Meg Fricker, Mackenzie, Michelle, Jenny, Sammy. Do you feel like you can make calls from the back line or from the sideline? Or you it would like take you some getting used to. It would take some getting used to. If Amanda gets out, it usually goes, Emily does it and then I do it. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. And I and and that's the thing with Royale. It's like it's not even that we have to say that. It's like as soon as if someone gets out, then it's like we automatically do it. Um and I think that's just goes it sounds it sounds so weird talking about our own team be like yeah we're good good." but yeah i would say that's our best six and again counting out kate because she wasn't she was out all last season we haven't fixed figured out how to meld tasha into to our team so i'm just gonna like not even like we haven't played with her so i'm gonna pretend she doesn't exist right now on royale um and i'm definitely gonna take myself out of that top six and like I said, I don't think it really matters for this match. I think you guys would win 4-0 as well. Uh, I just think you guys are too deep as a team. Besides for Finesse and Invasion, I think you guys are, again, like the deepest team. I don't think there's a drop-off. You know, depending on who gets hit, it's not. there's no huge drop-off across the board, um, which is what you guys talked about earlier. And just like Brenda talked about, I mean, basically you, you put together the best 7, 8, 9, women in the East and made a team um, as you brush your shoulders off. So, it took a lot to get to this point. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of our team. <laughs> hey, I have a shoulder injury, so. Well, <laughs> good thing you with a doctor. Yeah, but foot is a whole completely different part of the body. Well, doctors are doctors. <laughs> they know to fix everything. What kind of uh, score were you going for, Jen? I was going to go for one, but I'm still, I'm going to still going to go for a one. Okay. And then Amanda, what was yours? Based off of what Brenda's showing us, I'm going to go for zero. (laughs) (laughs) Are you putting a ring on it there? (laughs) Okay. So Royale takes game five, four to zero. Okay. And then we're going on to game six now, which is outsiders versus pride. Um, so Jen, if you want to kind of take us through who's on outsiders and then Brenda, you have the responsibility of covering all of the West coast and you will cover pride. So Jen first. Yeah. So Marie Gurig, Kathleen Martinez, Aurora Hashimoto, Desi Cruz, Kate Gurig, and then Lindsay. <laughs> we don't have a last name. We tried to talk about this on the South and the last name was not coming into fruition. <laughs> no, and so I, I also am not familiar with Lindsay, but I can speak to the rest of the team. So outsiders, uh, the open team, the uh, the co-ed team, and the uh, women's team are all comprised of mostly family. In case nobody is familiar, or <laughs> somebody's not familiar with that team, um, so Marie and Kathy are uh, sisters. Aurora is Kathy's daughter desi uh is the girlfriend of one of the other outsiders and then kate is marie's daughter so it's a family affair all the time with these guys they're amazing um they're so much fun and uh but there's a lot of um inexperience on that team um but a lot of uh you know experience with kathy and marie to to balance that so I know I kept going and I didn't mean to keep going, but I did. So I'm going to stop Marie, now. 
Marie and Kathy are sisters? Yes. I didn't know that. That means that team is even more like, like that's crazy. That team is so intertwined as a family. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Bill, Brenda, can you talk us through who's on Pride and then give a little bit of their status as to where they came from? Sure, let me, I'm just going to outsiders and giving them a 15 for team chemistry <laughs> because they're all related. <laughs> um, all right, so Pride, we've got Elena Meeks, Justine Roberti, Jess Sexton, Kiki Caudana, Lauren Hoffman, Stephanie Parker, AKA Falcon, and Tiffany Paget. Then what kind of teams were they on previously? Um, we've got a combination of Fuego, Witness, and uh, Hoffman. Pop that, <laughs> pop that, and wasn't Parker on uh, Chaos? I feel like she played on every in yeah. every division, but yeah. So Witness, Fuego, and Lauren Hoffman. <laughs> Um, okay, so what are we thinking of this matchup? Amanda, do you want to go first? Yeah, so um, I think while the outsiders might have some great chemistry, it feels like there's a lot of new new talent on the court, and that's definitely going to um, affect them against a team that, while also trying to figure out their chemistry, has a lot of talent and has a lot of experience. So um, looking at the uh, pride team, you've got huge arms in Justine. Oh yeah. Justine's got a pretty, pretty good arm, but like Kiki's got a great arm. Tiffany's got a great arm. You have one of the best catchers, if not the best catcher in the country in Lauren Hoffman. Um, Elena's Elena and uh, Jess. And I don't know Stephanie super well, but like, I know Elena and Jess are also like clutch players to just like, again, it's, it feels like if you get Kiki out or you get, Tiffany out some of their bigger arms like Jess and Elena can step up to fill those positions. So between just the all around talent um, and the experience, gotta give it to um, gotta give it to Pride, and I'd probably give it to them four zero. Yeah, I I think this might be the most lopsided match in of the eight. And going back to what we talked about with depth, I think outsiders might have the worst depth because you have two players in Marie and Kathleen that have, are super experienced, really talented players. And then you drop down to four other players that are relatively new to dodgeball and not saying that they can't eventually get there. And I, you know, if they play with all the outsiders, just the way all the outsider guys have all improved over the years, I wouldn't be surprised if this team is really good in a couple of years, but in terms of depth, it just seems to be the biggest drop off in terms of talent from the top two to the next four. And you're going against pride with, some people that are really good throwers, really good catchers, all-around players. Uh, I just think that this is probably the the most lopsided matchup of the of the uh, tournament. Um, I just realized that I do know who Stephanie is, and knowing that it is um, Falcon, I 100% just up that team even higher. So if they can win five zero, they're gonna. Yeah, I think if we're talking about uh, these teams, and we're saying like what Justin was saying about depth of talent because outsiders you pretty much have Marie and Kathy and then all the rest are new and learning 
kind of the competitive game. Um, they have some good natural raw talent, but then you're looking at pride and probably the least experienced player on this team is Stephanie. And that says a lot that she is the least experienced in regards to also if you're looking at this team as a whole on the talent wise, because she's someone that has grown exponentially within probably her like first year in the 2019 season of playing competitive dodgeball and is kind of a rising star. Um, and like Amanda had kind of gone through all these teams and definitely talent wise and like playing together. I think that I, I think like what Justin's saying that this is going to be a lopsided match. Um, I do feel like outsiders could put some challenge towards it, but I don't feel like it would be a challenge that would win them a game or turn around the match sort of thing. Um, what are you thinking, Brenda? Um, yeah, I really, I don't really think that there's much of a discussion. Um, I think looking at the, obviously what the next matchup would is going to be is more so where I think we could have uh, player to player discussion or you know get more in detail I, I really like like I've been saying I think experience goes a long way especially in the beginning of of playoffs and you know Marie and 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 Kathy are uh, they're they're really good you know they're good leaders and like I said the the family dynamic helps a lot but I I just think that the talent of pride is too deep um for them to overcome especially in like their first nationals and then finally jen yeah uh justin said it best um the depth and experience of this team is is really where they're going to struggle uh if marie or kathy get out um the team will struggle to to keep it together on the court um just they, they're such strong leaders and really they're the backbone of it. So I, it's just not going to be able to hold up against what kind of weapons are across the court from them uh, on all fronts, whether that's uh, just the intelligence of the players, but also the talent behind it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go four zero pride. I think, I mean, not that it needed it, but uh also, when talking to Marie, she had injured herself right after round one, and she mentioned that she probably would miss the rest of the season if we had had a season. So she probably wouldn't even be here for this match. So, I mean, it just ticks one more thing off on the side that most likely Pride would really run outsiders off the court. Yeah, and I think if we're kind of also talking about kind of the seeding too. I didn't mention it earlier, um, but Pride. So going into the bracket, they're seeded second from the West. They were third overall from the West Coast. And then um, Outsiders was ranked third from the South. Um, so it already says a lot that Pride is a higher seeding. I think it'd be fair to say that if this was a different matchup, if there were different teams, I feel like outsiders might stand a stronger chance against some other teams out there but i think this particular matchup i think it is going to be uh a 4-0 kind of thing okay and then 
Markel had chose Pride against Outsiders, so definitely still in agreement with all of us. Who did Shelby pick? Uh, Shelby chose Pride. So what are kind of all of our scores going into this? We're already saying that we're thinking that Pride's going to win, but we're saying 4-0, everybody. <laughs> Got all the hands up. <laughs> okay, so that brings us on to game seven, which is Illusion versus Poison. So before we talk about the teams, just going to say about their rankings, Illusion is ranked as uh, the third seed from the East, and Poison is ranked as the second seed from the South. So Amanda, do you want to go through who is on Illusion's roster? Absolutely. Again, my apologies in advance if I butcher your name. Uh, so we have Alicia Ellis, Nikki Maffetone, Nicole Napoli, Sam Girardi, Sandy Stewart, Sam Williams, Triana Bidlick, Bidlack, and Kim Wilkie Meadows. And then who do we have on Poison, Jen? We have Becca May, Whitney Pittman, Brittany Anderson, Juana Maldonado, Alicia Hong, and then Lindsay Kichis. Lindsay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, she will forgive you, I'm sure. Um, so kind of going into this, if we're talking about these teams, Poison is a team that was a team in the 2019 season. Um, they do have some different additions to the team. They also have some players that are, are we're taking the year off. Um, so that's probably why you haven't heard their names being called out. Um, but Illusion is pretty much what was previously Precision. Um, so a lot of the same players are Sam Girardi, Sandy, uh, Sam, Triana, and Kim. Um, Alicia had played with them at Nationals, I believe. And then, so now when they formed Illusion, they picked up Nicole Napoli, who was previously on Devil's Advocate. People may know her from playing on Team Awesome in co-ed. And then uh, Nikki Maffetone um, is a new player. So this would be, she'd be new to playing competitively. This would have been her first season and she's from the New Jersey area. Um, so what are we thinking of this matchup? Brenda, do you wanna go first? This is uh, like when you're in school and you haven't done the reading and your teacher calls on you first. <laughs> she's like, Miss Na Natalie goes, Brenda, can you answer the first question uh, <laughs> regarding uh, the book, the chapter 12 that you guys had to read and Brenda sinks into her chair having no idea what she's talking about. So that being said, <laughs> I'm going to pass that on to, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to say you could have uh, Ms. Teacher Natalie kind of give you a bit of a schooling first and then. <laughs> well, so I have a little bit of of experience with some of these players. Um, it was a little harder to kind of rank both of these teams top to bottom, uh, you know, the rankings that we did. Um, just going off of memory, I think uh, Illusion, I, I sort of remember them and certain players from their team. I think they 
from what I remember. Sam Girardi is a really good catcher. And I know that for sure. Um, and she's kind of their leader. So I think they would just kind of follow off of what she would be doing. Um, I don't, I don't know a lot about poison. Sorry, Jen, but, um, Alicia was the one who hurt her ankle in, in the South all-stars. Am I right? Right. And then, uh, uh, Albert saved her life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, Jenny. so she's pretty talented and I know Whitney, Whitney's, uh, Whitney's talented as well. Um, I think this might be a really close matchup with, again, two teams that would kind of feel, feel it out as they go along. Um, I think it would be pretty close, probably a catch heavy game or maybe like a, a, a snipe heavy game. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know exactly uh, what type of style poison would play with. I think Jen, you might have a better idea of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in there. Um, I, uh, prior to this last tournament, wouldn't have had much insight outside of Poison, but I got to play against uh, Sam, Sandy, and Triana um, in the tournament, and that was so much fun. They are so talented, um, and they have a ton that they bring to the table, those three specifically. I can, I can speak to that. Um and, and they, they, those three, at least I know. And then obviously I know Kim, I know Alicia, they're going to, uh, they're going to run the court really well against poison. Um, Alicia is very, Alicia Hong is very talented on poison. Um, that is going to be a catch. Like you said, it's going to be a catch heavy game, at least on the poison side. Um, but they are not going to move as fast or as coordinated as illusion would, um, I think that illusion probably has some very strong, quick leadership and poison while Becca is a strong leader. Um, it, she's just not going to move as fast. It's going to be a, a lopsided game. I think. I think the player we're also not talking about is enough is, is Nicole Napoli on illusion. She might be tied with Sam as their most talented player. She's played for a long time. She played with KO and with, did she play with Royale last year, Amanda? Partially? When when uh, KO and, and Anarchy joined together, uh, she Nicole moved Nicole. to Devil's Advocate. Mm -hmm. But she's a really talented player. Um, I think the combination of her and Sam with Kim uh, is a really nice combination of the top three players. And then there's a, a good mix of other players in that team. Um, I'm not you know again alicia is just coming back after that injury i'm not sure how healthy she would have been throughout the whole season she's sort of just getting back up to full speed now so i think that factors in um but i i think illusion probably would take it i think this is maybe the hardest one to call i think this is probably a 4-3 match in my opinion um it could go either way really in that in that seventh match but i think with nicole and sam Sam's got a great like sneak underhand throw that rises on people. Um, I, I would say I would lead towards illusion in that match. If I'm thinking about these two teams and I'm thinking about style of play, um, I 
pretty much agree with what's been said already. I definitely say like Illusion is a very counter heavy team and I don't think Poison would match up well with that. Because like Illusion, if you're looking at this team snipes and they counter, they rush counter, they throw if when you're in a huddle, they try and throw you off guard. And I don't think that uh, Poison is quite ready for that intensity from the offensive line. Um, so I think in my personal opinion, if I'm seeing this game, like I do think that Poison is a strong enough team to, to win some of the matches, but I do feel like Illusion would win overall. I'm kind of stuck between whether or not I think Illusion would win 4-3 or 4-2, just because I know of some of their strengths and styles. But what do you think, Amanda? Yeah, my initial reaction was that this was going to be close, probably 4-3, but that Illusion would take it. Um, I don't know everyone on Illusion, and I don't know everyone on Poison, but you guys have hit a lot. Like, you've got Nicole Napoli, great player. I think she's just got to find, like, her sweet spot because she can sometimes – she can sometimes lack focus and it's just like, she's all over the court. And once you get her focus though, she is um, fantastic. I think Sam Girardi's got a great arm. And as Brenda was already saying, she pulls off catches that you don't think she's going to catch. And you're like, what the fuck, Sam, you weren't supposed to catch that. Um, Sandy Sewer, another like great player, Sam Williams uh, holds down the corner. uh, Good counter. Triana, her arm has gotten exponentially better in the last two years. Um, So, and then Kim's, I think Kim is technically the captain, maybe Kim and Sam together, um, but Kim has pretty good leadership skills on and off the court. Um, And then when you just think about the fact that Kim, Sam, uh, Sam Girardi, Sandy, Triana, I think have played together for at least a year or so before this. Um, I don't know if that's the case for Poison. I can't speak to that, but like knowing that they know each other's play style, they've played together before. Um, I'm going to give it to Illusion four to three. Going back to Markel's corner between Illusion and Poison, he had chose Illusion to go through. So same with us. Markel, you're doing well with your bracket so far. Okay. And how about Shelby? Who did she choose between Illusion and Poison? Shelby picked Illusion to take this game. Okay, see, everyone's on it. We're all in agreement for this first round. Okay, so we're taking it that Illusion's going to be winning this match. And then are we all in consensus on the score? Hold up your fingers and thumbs. Okay, so we have got... Okay. (laughs) So we've got a majority of four to three. So we're going to go with that. So Illusion wins this four to three. All right, so game eight, we're at the end of our first round. Uh, we, have, we have Fembots, who is seventh seed in the West, going against Eva- Invasion, who is the second seed in the West, uh, but is the number one seed in the North. So, and Fembots is the fourth seed in the West. So again, two teams that are probably pretty used to playing each other. Um, Brenda, do you want to take over and do the last bit of rosters for the night. Love to. All right. Fembots. <clears throat> We've got Allison Chan, Lizzie Hoder, Missy Takahashi, Natalie Marie Laura, Rui Lee, Shauna Marie Manuel, 
Stephanie Schmuck and Ashley Tyree. And for Invasion, we've got Azalea Donchi, Joanna Munoz, Kate Gong, Katie the Goat Sanchez, Nicole Chasen, Rolina Tomason. Oh, that rhymed. Rebecca Slivka and Angelique Gorospe. <laughs> Pronunciation queen. I don't know if I got them all right, but the key is confidence. <laughs> yes. I liked it. I thought it was good. So we're talking about one of the most talented teams in the country in Invasion, going against Fembots, who is mostly based... Is their team all based in sort of like the Seattle area? Brenda, do you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Um, they're a Pacific Northwest team. And then Invasion is sort of all darted around the West Coast. Katie Sanchez is in Arizona. Kate, Nicole, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel. <laughs> Azalea. Yeah, Let's whatever. try that one again. Azalea, Azalea is in LA. Is in LA. You were going to say like Ezekiel at first. I was like, oh dear. And then Rolina, Joanna, and Angelique are all in San Francisco. So they're sort of all over the place. Right? So Z Azalea, Joanna, Kate, uh, they and Rebecca Slipka all live in LA. Actually, I don't know where Rebecca is right now. She and she and she and her girlfriend Erica are like changing the world. Um, I, Nicole might be in LA, but she also goes around the world. Rolina and Angelique are in Northern California, and Katie the Goat is in Arizona. But all of those players have played together forever, except for yeah. Azalea, who is the only new addition to that team, right? Did I get yes. it right this time? <laughs> Just to let you guys know, it's 11.30 for me. I've been up since 5.30 and but, I'm still at work. But yes, so uh, if people don't know, uh, Z came from Pop That, um, who's also been around since the Stone Age of Dodgeball. So um, also an experienced since player. Me. So even though she's a new addition to this team. She's had plenty of experience playing with Invasion. Um, so I I don't think that they're going to have any issues of her playing with them. Um, but who wants to get us started with talking about Fembots versus Invasion for our final game of the evening? I can start us off. Okay, go, um, Amanda, go. I think this is another one where it's going to... I think it will... I think Fembots will take a game, maybe two, um, but like you're looking at, I think what, like we've already established one of the best teams, not just in the West, but in the country. Um, you've got so much talent. You have uh, arms in Azalea, Katie Sanchez, Rolina. You've got fantastic catchers in pretty much every single, like every single one of them can catch uh some of them known more for it than others. You've got, you've got depth, you've got chemistry. They've played together forever. Um, I just, it's, I think it's a hard one to, um, to come out of like Fembots being matched up against them in the beginning. I don't know a ton of these players. I know Lizzie is super talented, um, but um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a team um, 
that isn't finesse um, to go up against invasion in the first round and and come out on top over over them. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go invasion uh, four four to one. What are you thinking, Jen? So for me, this is the same conversation we had with the finesse and Harkiri game. You know, they are invasion is just so talented and the experience on that team, the experience and then the smarts too. like that is such a smart, incredibly talented team. Um, and not to say that Fembots, you know, can't take one or two, because I, I definitely believe that they can. Um, but it, 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 you know, it's rising to the occasion. Um, invasion is just the whole package. So I'm going to go, I mean, everything that Amanda just said, so I'm going for one invasion. Yeah, and I'm thinking if we're talking about, okay, Invasion was my, like, same up there, like what we were saying with Finesse Chemistry. They have great chemistry up there, probably the highest with experience sparks. Um, I don't think there is a a player on this team that has not played Dodgeball for under, I don't know, seven years, ten years? Like, they've all been over that. So, like, they're the most experienced team out there. The one downside that I will say about Invasion is sometimes they have really weird games that they lose. Like, in Round Robin, sometimes they lose a match that they shouldn't have lost um, or lose a couple games. But they're definitely one of those teams that, no matter what, when you come into the playoffs, they're going to be turning it up and, like, turning it up higher. So they're... If you get a game from them, they're going to be like, mm, I don't like that. I'm going to make, like, you're not going to get any more kind of thing. Um, and they definitely learn their lesson um, and fix the kinks that they may have had in, like, some of the weird matches. Like, I don't know what it is. I'd, I'm sure you guys can agree that sometimes I've seen Invasion play some weird games, but they're definitely up there in all of my talent rankings in the different categories, depth and experience. Um, Fembots, they're definitely playing a lot better than what they had been playing previously. I said this on the West Coast um, podcast. They're definitely, their improvement has grown exponentially from them playing prior. And I know that they are developing, learning more. Definitely Lizzie Hoder's a huge addition to that team as well. Um, kind of gives them some more experience with it. But I think let's get, say we're going to get in those game scenarios of where uh, these games end up and it's 2v2. I don't think Fembots are going to have the experience to know how to strategically take the game in their favor in comparison to the invasion players in the same scenario. What are you thinking, Justin? I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, there's, there's not really anywhere you could say, you know, for looking at win conditions, I don't really even know what Fembots has to do to win this game. Like so many things have to go their way. They have to hope that invasion doesn't get made catches. They have to hope that invasion can't hit them out with, with throws. They have to probably beat them off the rush against, you know, Kate, who's one of the fast Kate and Rowena, who are one of the faster players in the, in the country, you know, like they have to hope that, somehow invasion falls apart in terms of chemistry and these players have all been playing together for a long time. I just, I have a hard time seeing Fembots beating invasion in a seven match. Uh, 
game. I was just going to say, and I think that goes to what I was saying about there's sometimes that Invasion loses some matches that they shouldn't have, like, have no right to lose in round robin. And a lot of that's because you're playing best of three. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they could, like, Invasion has had those games where there's two games in a row and they lost it. But if you have a seven game series, they're not going to let you take it from them. Okay, Brenda, you go. I mean, you guys pretty much <clears throat> hit the nail on the head. I think I think Invasion is too good to be stopped um, in a seven-game series. And I think, um, yeah, you know, they do drop some games randomly from time to time, and, and that happens. I just really don't – I think their firepower is too, too much for Fembots to handle, and I think – either a four zero four one i would say probably a four one because i think i think lizzie would make some pretty clutch catches probably on you know just in a, if, if it's like a lizzie and someone else one v one situation she's pretty good at surviving and um if that were to happen hypothetically i would think she might be able to pull something off um just with her experience with witness but yeah i would i just think invasion is too powerful Back to Markel's corner, Markel said that between Fembots and Invasion, Invasion would have it. Who did Shelby pick? Shelby chose Invasion. Okay, so I think it's kind of hard for like some of these matchups where we're saying that some of them we feel are a little bit lopsided. Um, But I think it's safe to say that we think that Invasion would win this match. And I think that we were all kind of in agreement with the score being 4-1. General consensus all around. Going once, going twice, and we have a 4-1 to game. All right, so that wraps up our first round. Uh, and I will just give you a little rundown of who we have coming up in our next round. So Finesse will be taking on LFG. Lone Star will be taking on Aztecs. Royale will be taking on Pride. Illusion will be taking on Invasion. Um, just hearing those matchups, which matchups are you guys most excited to talk about coming up in our next podcast? I'm excited to see how this goes with uh, Emily being in the same room as we talk about, uh, and Shelby talking about Lone Star and Aztecs. So, yeah, I can't <laughs> sending all the love. Oh, I think. Honestly, I like hate to say this so early, but I think we can already pretty easily determine two out of the four who's going to win. So I think it's going to be interesting to talk about the um, Lone Star Aztec matchup and the uh, Pride Royale matchup, because I think the other two, we can already kind of assume who's going to win those as well. What do you think, Brenda? Which ones are you excited to talk about? Total agreement with, uh, with what Amanda just said. I think that... Oof, that Royale Pride conversation and the and the and the Aztecs Lone Star, uh, those matchups are are going to be pretty intense. Um, you know, it definitely is going to take some like thinking and some watching of film and and some more you know conversations and stuff like that. But I think I think we did a pretty good job of nailing it down to that final eight. Is it eight? Can I count? Yes. It's eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, Round of yeah. Eight. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a, those are gonna be tough. Um and you know, don't count out those other two games either. I think you know, we're gonna have to dig in a little bit more on that too. But yeah, those two games are gonna be sick. 
Yeah. And I think definitely going into this next round, one thing we'll try and do before um, going into discussion of round eight, round eight is actually get a member, a kind of representative representative of each team and kind of say, look, you're going to be up against this team. How do you do it? Then we work out our like kind of explore more of our paths to victories and so, that sort of route. Um, so I think in general, I'm kind of excited to talk about all of these games because I think even though some people say that there's some, some games that might be determined easier than others, I still think it's going to be hella fun to discuss how we think there could be a possibility that there might be some upsets. <laughs> but what are you thinking, Justin? I'm in agreement with you guys. Uh, it's just fun to talk about it. And they're all really good matchups. You know, and it's only going to get harder as we go further on. Um, I will say, you know, in our chat, if you find a good video that shows one team doing something, please share it so we all can watch it. So we have coming from the same sort of point of view. Um, also, just because it's fun to watch footage. So if you have something, send it to us. Well, thank you, our panel of Jen, Amanda, Brenda. Um, next week, hopefully, we'll have Shelby joining us and Markel Stokes. And um, yeah, I think everyone's looking forward to it. We'll get more in discussion, hear more opinions, and we'll see how this bracket plays out. <laughs>